Welcome to Wonder, a podcast for curious kids. Hello, Wonder. Have you ever wondered why humans chose to ride horses as well as eat them? This was the moment in history when the future of both species changed forever. The ancient horse is believed to have originated in North America, where some of the earliest horses were the size of a dog. At that time, Asia and America were connected, so the animals gradually spread all over the world. But these animals became extinct on the American continent when the land bridge between America and Asia was covered at the end of the last ice age. They continued to roam throughout the rest of the world where they came face to face with early humans. Galloping herds of horses have been captured in cave art believed to be about 30,000 years old. Man would hunt these horses for their meat and coats. It wasn't until much later that horses were first tamed by humans. Archaeologists believe that happened about 3000 BC in a place we now call Kazakhstan, a country where horses and horsemanship still flourishes. When humans learnt to milk and then ride them, everything changed. It has been said that the horse is one of the greatest technologies that man has ever harnessed. Humans have always valued horses for their speed, strength and intelligence. While elephants can carry huge weights, camels can run races, oxen can plough fields, donkeys have the stamina to draw a cart, and llamas can climb high mountains, one creature can do all these things and more. The modern horse has evolved a remarkable body. The wide chest protects a huge heart and lungs. These are the powerhouses giving the animal strength and endurance to create an extraordinary athlete. A horse's heart is one of the most impressive pumps in the animal kingdom. The heart of a racehorse pumps 35 litres of blood around its body, while a human heart will pump just five. Their long legs are slender but incredibly strong. The front ones are used for balance while the muscly hind legs are used for galloping and power. Horses have bigger eyes than almost any other land animal, perhaps to keep them safe from danger. They have excellent vision both during the day and at night, which means horses have no difficulty being taken for a ride after dark. And because these eyes are on the side of their head, they are capable of seeing nearly 360 degrees at one time. Ancient humans began to breed horses to create a calmer nature so that they were easier to handle to use as workhorses and their intelligence meant they could be trained for war. A horse-drawn chariot was the scourge of the battlefield in ancient Greece and Rome. Light and nimble, they could turn easily. With a chariot driver at the front and an archer at the back, they could unleash a volley of arrows upon the enemy and then execute a quick getaway. Such chariots have been described as the racing car of the ancient world. The Knights of the Middle Ages were mounted warriors famed for their steeds. The horses needed to be fast but strong. They needed to carry not only the weight of the knight in all his armour, but also had heavy armour of their own. These horses were not cheap. The best kind, known as destriers, would cost about £40, the annual income of a knight. They were mostly stallions, naturally hot-blooded and aggressive they were better suited to the stresses of the medieval battlefield. King Henry VIII of England viewed horsemanship as vital skill to learn. In his early years as king, he spent more time in the saddle than ruling the country, leaving that to his chief advisers. 
it's easy to forget what the world looked like before the invention of cars and trains. Until then, horses were the most popular mode of transport. If you didn't have money, you could walk, but a horse would get you there quicker. In 1900, nearly every vehicle on the roads in London was pulled by a horse. The roads were full of stagecoaches carrying the mail and the public between towns, wagons carrying goods to market. Hackney carriages were an early form of taxis pulled by horses. But by the 1950s, most of these horses were gone. The only remaining horse-drawn vehicles were milk and coal deliveries and rag and bone men. Loyal and hard-working tiny pit ponies were used down the mines where they worked alongside miners transporting coal. They were stabled underground and many would only see daylight once a year. Was this cruel treatment? Robbie is believed to be the last working pony in a British coal mine. He finally retired in May 1999 from Pantygesic Mine in Wales. When European settlers arrived in America from the 15th century onwards, they brought horses with them, returning these creatures to the continent where they first evolved. These animals were generally smaller breeds, an enormous shire horse or a Clydesdale would take up too much room on the ships making the long journeys across the Atlantic. Soon these swift, strong animals became prized by the buffalo-hunting Native American tribes of the Great Plains, and later by cowboys who needed horses with stamina to round up cattle. In the United States and elsewhere, horses have also excelled as performers in local circuses and Wild West rodeos and also Hollywood. At the Spanish Riding School, which is curiously located in Vienna, Austria and not Spain, white Lipizzana stallions have been performing classical dressage in front of audiences for over 450 years. So graceful and acrobatic is their performance, it sometimes looks like the horses are flying. In sport, the horse is as much of an athlete as its rider. There is eventing, show jumping, polo, the rather violent Central Asian sport ULAC, and pato, the national sport of Argentina, a cross between polo and basketball. And horse racing is one of the oldest of all sports. Races are run by thoroughbreds who are prized for their beauty, finely chiselled physique, and bred for their agility and speed. You don't see any old draft horse or Shetland pony running the Grand National. Remarkably, almost all thoroughbreds racing today, anywhere in the world, can be traced back to just three stallions, the Godolphin Arabian, the Bayali Turk, and the Dali Arabian, who was born in Aleppo, Syria in 1700, and is responsible for 95% of modern thoroughbreds. Horse meat can be a taboo subject, but horses are eaten in many countries around the world, more than four million each year. In Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan and Mongolia, it makes up a large part of the diet. I lived with horse herders in Siberia and we ate every single bit from the hooves in aspic to the intestines. It made me realise how much more respectful they are of their animals than us who waste so much. Horse is eaten raw in Japan where it is called sakura or cherry blossom because of its pink colour. It is also eaten in many European countries, including France, Austria and Iceland, where it is eaten as sausages and steaks and in salami. But horses are banned food for Jewish people and avoided by Muslims. Do you think you could ever eat a horse? Today the Wonder Podcast was read to you by Alexandra Tolstoy. It was written by Henrietta McMicking and produced by Camilla Akers-Douglas. Mm-hmm.